So today we are continuing on the financial risks that one can face in their retirement phase. Stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care A of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to Thrive 1110. This is the show where you get Bible-friendly, practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you thrive, remember the Lord your God who enables you to thrive and be an agent of transformation for His kingdom in your family, in your community, and in your city. I'm Bold Kiri, your host for this show, and you can catch up on previous episodes of Thrive 1110 by going on the chri.ca website or by going on the thrive1110.ca website. That's thrive1110.ca. And while there, you can send me a message if you have any questions or any requests, suggestions, um, and I'll be glad to read that. So again, welcome to Thrive 1110. We've started talking uh, a few weeks back about retirement planning. And um, in this series about retirement planning, we talked about um, risks that one can face during the retirement season. And uh, basically, whether you are not yet in retirement, actually just started uh, working, or whether you are in retirement, this will apply to you. Because if you're not in retirement, meaning you should be planning for that time. And by retirement, I simply mean the time when you become financially independent, meaning you don't need to get an income from a professional activity in order to fund your lifestyle because you have uh, what you already need. And that can be like we talked about through various sources of income, could be government-related uh, income, could be work-related uh, pension, could be um, your own investments and savings throughout the years um, that take you to the point where you become financially independent, meaning you don't need to receive an income for the work that you're doing. So that's what I would um, label as retirement, not uh, really the fact that you get to a point where now your lifestyle becomes a lifestyle of leisure because that concept is really not biblical. Uh, and we all have a purpose, a calling, a unique calling for our lives that we should be living out even in our um, late uh, late phase of life. So that calling can take many forms depending on where we are at in life, but God never repents from his calling on our lives like we saw in one of the previous episodes. So diving um, into the risks, we saw uh, one category of risks where uh, we are talking about uh, uh, um, non-financial types of risks, which is uh, risks that one can face in retirement that are not directly related to finances. We covered that with our special guest, Lorne Robinson, and uh, we started talking about um, the risks that uh, are of financial nature. So I started telling you that I listed seven of them and uh, we went through five of them the previous episodes and we're going to continue for the last two risks that I listed uh, for you um, so that you can be prepared. And all of that really would be based off of Proverbs 27, 12 that says, actually teaches us to anticipate the risks and take precautions. That's Proverbs 27, 12. You can go back and read that. Um, we are called to be prudent ones, to be wise ones, uh, knowing how to anticipate risks, which actually means identifying those risks and then taking measures 
to uh, to not be impacted so much by those risks, as opposed to foolish people who actually ignore the facts, ignore the risks, and suffer the consequences down the road. So that's Proverbs twenty seven twelve, and uh, and um, Luke fourteen twenty eight actually teaches us to count the cost to see if we have enough to finish well. And uh, that really ties in well with retirement because as we talk about financial independence, we want to make sure that we know how much that retirement phase will cost us and we need to factor in those risks to really make sure that we're being good stewards and that we're being prepared um, instead of finding ourselves in situations and now trying to react and making mistakes, serious mistakes. Those mistakes can even be relational, not just financial. So these are the reasons why we're talking about risks and now specifically about financial risks. So quickly, I'm going to recap the five first risks that we talked about in the previous episode. You can go back and listen to it in more detail um, again, through chri.ca or thrive1110.ca, or actually you can go on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and all the other major podcast uh, software, you'll find Thrive 1110 on there. So the first financial risk was the risk related to longevity. People are living longer and longer. So you want to make sure that your plan does not just stop at age 85 or age 90. I pray you're blessed with long life, but you don't want to outlive your money. So your plan needs to account for the fact that people are living longer and longer. Then we have inflation risks. And that is not a surprise to anyone. We see today that inflation is well over 6% in Canada, actually uh, much higher in other parts of the world. But that has an impact on people's investments, on people's nest eggs. And uh, even if you don't see your money decreasing in nominal value, meaning the 100K that you have there is still 100K, but you're losing buying power because of inflation. And that means that in your investment returns, you have to do at least what inflation is doing after tax just to keep your purchasing power, just to be able to afford the same things down the road, not even talking about making an increase, just being able to afford the same types of things. Now, the third point was market risks. And in that, we talked about the sequence of returns and how that could impact um, your nest egg your, and your investments, depending on when you need the money and depending on what type of returns you're having, uh, the sequence of return has an impact on your retirement plans. Then we talked about, um, in point number four, we talked about the health risk and uh, statistics pointing towards, yes, people living longer lives, but also people uh, being likely to need support in their older ages uh, for long-term care, for example, which government alone cannot really help with. So you need to have a plan um, for the case where you need um, to be taken care of because of health degrading. And maybe you are married, and that is true. Um, and that actually, that risk become actually augmented if both of you uh, um, get in that situation where you need help for your health. Uh, that requires a lot of money if you maybe want to stay home or want to be placed in an old folks home that is really good and treats you well. That will require some funding 
and you want to factor in those risks and plan for those possibilities, even though we pray uh, for a healthy and, uh, and long life. Then the fifth point that we saw was geopolitical risks. Like you saw, laws are changing. World orders are shifting. We can't anticipate what is going on in terms of economy and in terms of overall financial policies, even uh, freedoms, liberties in countries. All of that has an impact on what's on your life, therefore on your retirement, and you should be prepared. And in that specific point, I stress the importance of learning to hear God and learning to discern direction for your life. That is going to be key to address this geopolitical risk. Now, let's dive into a let's get practical section. Bold. Let's get practical. In our let's get practical section, we're going to tackle the last two risks that I've identified. And uh, the first one is the risk of financial independence. And I can hear someone say, but Bold, um, you just told us that retirement is about financial independence. And you'd be right. Yes. Uh, retirement, as I see it, is about financial independence, meaning that time when you don't need to receive an income from your professional activity to fund your lifestyle, that's retirement. But financial independence does not mean that you become independent from God. Obviously, being financially, financially independent doesn't exempt you from being dependent on God. So when we talk about financial independence, and that's the danger, that's the risk, is that we become um, um, pride, uh, sorry, we become proud of that financial independence, that accomplishment, and and stop relying on God for our financial needs and stop seeing God as the one who is our source. So we need really, when we talk about retirement, that is when we talk about financial independence, we need really to guard ourselves against pride. So because today, let's say today, you have more than enough, meaning you don't even need to work in order to fund your lifestyle. Or maybe that time is coming down the road for you. No matter the amount of money that you have accumulated or the amount of riches or wealth that you have, being dependent on God, seeing Him as our source, is really what will keep you alive spiritually and maybe alive physically, the natural. And uh, I'd like to to read this um, this um, verse in um, that's Paul talking, uh, addressing Timothy in First Timothy six verses seventeen, where Paul says, "Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud." and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for enjoyment. Um, So again, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. By the way, God is the one giving us the money for our enjoyment. So there's nothing wrong against you using money to really have fun in your life and buy nice stuff. The, the thing is, that shouldn't be the point of you wanting to have money. But, but, but God gives us that money 
for our enjoyment, as it is says here, as it is said here in First Timothy six seventeen. But the key thing here, uh, what I just said was just a side note. The key thing here is we should not be trusting our money because it's not reliable. God is the one in whom we should trust. And the danger is when we have enough, when our bank accounts, our investment accounts are really full and uh, and uh, we, we have more than enough to live and we have guaranteed sources of income. And I put guaranteed, quote unquote, like from government or from work-related pensions, etc. It is very easy to take our eyes off of God because these things, we almost no longer need to pray for them. They are there. The money is there. We've worked for, for, for time and time again, decades in many cases, and it is there. And we, the money comes in. We don't even need to pray for that. And it comes in. Well, that's the danger that we take our eyes off of God and start relying on what we have accumulated. So please guard your heart and continue to depend on God even though you have more than enough, even though you are retired and, and, and consider yourself to have um, uh, reached milestones in terms of your finances, in terms of your possessions, dependence on God will keep you in that state of humility. And there are advantages of you remaining humble despite being financially independent, so to speak. And maybe uh, before going to the seventh risk, let me just briefly talk about those advantages of us avoiding this risk of being proud, of being reliant on our possessions. Let me address um, the advantages of us really being cautious and staying humble that way. Number one, because the favor, the grace of God will be upon you. As you depend on him, as you depend on God, even though you have more than enough, it keeps you humble. And instead of having pride in your financial accomplishment, it, it keeps you um, um, praying, actually, for yourself, still for your finances and for other people. It keeps you in that state of mind and it keeps you alive spiritually that way. You know, according to James 4, 6, it says that God opposes the proud and gives favor to the humble. So if you want favor and grace, you need to check all those areas, check all these blind spots. I like to call them blind spots to get rid of these types of pride that actually keep you from benefiting from the favor, from the grace of God. Maybe you're in need of favor in some area of your life. Is there any area of your life where you need to see God at work? Maybe it is in your ministry. Maybe it's in your volunteer work. Maybe it's in your family, your husband, your wife, your children. Maybe it's in your health or your relationships in general, a friend. Maybe there's a place in your life where you desperately seek to see the favor, the grace of God for a situation to be fixed for something to get arranged, to get sorted out, something where you're needing a solution in an area that is not financial. But could it be that the fact that you are proud 
in the area of finances. The fact that you are, you actually ceased to have your eyes on God in the area of finances. Could it be that that presents you as a profitable person and therefore brings you into opposition, into opposition with God where you're not getting the favor that you need, where you're not getting the grace that you need, where you're being limited and where you're seeing limited results in other spheres of your life. Could it be that this is because you got to a point in your finances where you are um, independent financially, quote unquote, where you you have had major accomplishments monetarily to the point where maybe you've stopped praying for your finances. You've stopped seeking for God's direction in your finances. You've, you've stopped depending on him for his perspective, for what, what he wants you to do, not just with the tithe, not just with the offerings, but for the 100% of it. Is it possible that you got to that point without you even realizing that you have this financial blind spot which causes Actually, God to oppose you, like it says in James 4, 6, God opposes the proud and gives favor to the humble. So it could be, it could be that. That other spheres of your life are not getting the resolve you're seeking because of financial problems, because of financial um, blind spots in your finances. Again, I'm not trying to say that 100% you're not seeing the health or the healing or the relationship, like the, the, the joy in the relationships, etc. I'm not saying you're not seeing that because of something in your finances. I'm saying it could be. Because if you have had accomplishments in your possessions, if you got to points where you are well off financially, where you don't, maybe you don't need to get an income in order to live for the rest of your life, it is very easy to slip. This very light, slip on this very light slope, but very slippery, that takes you into the land of pride, which actually removes favor and grace, withholds favor favor and grace from you, as we saw in James 4, 6. So really pay attention to that. So that would be one of the benefits of making sure that you avoid that risk. Another benefit is really you'd be limiting the influence of mammon on your life and you'd be in experiencing more of God's true riches. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The point Jesus is making here is that really money, possessions, are the primary competitor versus God for our hearts. As God wants us to trust him for our livelihood, the money system wants us to rather put our trust in what we have. And I can, I can hear you, maybe, maybe some of you listening, maybe you're saying, well, I will never put my trust in money. I know better. Well, I'll say not so quickly. Let's keep a humble position. And let me give you at least two symptoms that we are actually putting our trust in money rather than in God. And remember, we are talking about the risk of being financially independent. 
meaning the risk of not looking up to God for our um, uh, resources, for our needs, for our financial um, needs, but trusting rather in what we have built in the empire, the financial empire that we have built. So symptoms that you're putting your trust in money rather than in God is maybe your sense of security depends on what you have in your bank account or what type of guaranteed income you have. Maybe if that's where your sense of security is, then that means your trust is in money, not in God. And it is easy to know if your sense of security comes from what is in your bank account or from your income, whatever. Simply, if your income, if your bank account is threatened, threatened by anything, maybe the financial markets are not doing great. Maybe you got robbed. Maybe inflation is taking a toll on you. Uh, maybe you just made stupid investment decisions. And now, your bank account or your investment account or your income is being threatened, would you still have the same sense of security? Depending on if you say yes or no, it shows to what extent you're actually depending on God versus depending on what you have built as a financial empire. Another symptom is your sense of peace. It is linked to the first one. Is your sense of peace linked to your ability to pay and fund your lifestyle. Let's imagine that you have more than enough. Yes, you're financially independent. You've made well for yourself. How would you honestly feel now if you lost your money? If all of a sudden, what you had shrink, shrinks, and then now maybe you're left with half of what you had, or maybe zero, you lost everything. How would you feel? How? Would you be at peace? If you imagine yourself in that situation and peace is not the first thing that comes to mind, that could be a symptom. That could be a symptom that your trust is in what you have accumulated rather than in God. So before we're too quick to say that our trust is not in what we have built as a financial empire and what we have as money and possession and business, etc. Let's remain humble and bring our hearts before Holy Spirit to make sure that our heart is in the right place continually. I would really suggest that this is a continual surrender of our hearts to God and continually asking him to reveal to us what we need to let go, what we need to be freed from as far as money is concerned. You know, sometimes the grip of money on our life can be even disguised as good stewardship. It can even sound like good stewardship, especially when we say, oh, no, I don't want to take risks. I'm, a, I, I'm not a risk taker. What I have, I don't want to risk losing some or all of it. If you have that type of attitude where you're not a risk taker with money, I would encourage you to let Holy Spirit examine your hearts and reveal what may be hidden. Again, I'm not saying you should go out there and do crazy things. That's not what I'm saying. But if you are not the type of person that supports or tolerates some level of risk with your money and your possessions, that could be a sign 
that you're not trusting God, but rather your possessions. So you really want to be before Holy Spirit with that. And um, I see the time running very quickly. And I want to very quickly go to our last point, our last risk factor, which is short-term investments. Um, when we're in, sorry, when we are in retirement, we run the risk of having a short-term investment view rather than investing in the long term. And you'd say, but bold, I thought investing for the long term means investing for retirement. And since I'm, re- I'm retired, what would that risk be? And I would say, you'd be right if retirement was the end goal. But our perspective as children of God is eternity. So investing for the long run really means giving. It means sowing in the kingdom. Is there a ministry that blesses you so in that ministry? Is God prompting you to give to someone who is in need? Give to that person. Is God prompting you to give to someone who is not in need? Give to that person. Is God prompting you to give more than you usually do? Give give that way. Is God prompting you to do a reverse tithe? To give 90% instead of 10%? Do that. Plan for that and do that. Because by doing so, you're actually investing with the long term in view, with eternity in view. Jesus says in Matthew 19, 21, he says, go and sell all your possessions and give money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 20 says, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So we have heavenly accounts. We have to invest with eternity, with heaven in mind. And that is our eternity investment. That is long-term investment. So giving while you're living, including in retirement, builds up your heavenly accounts, which are not subject to inflation, which are not subject to theft or loss, but rather multiply and are eternal. That is sound investment. Investing for the long term, investing in a place that cannot, uh, where it, nothing wrong can happen to your money and where your money multiplies daily. That is sound investment. So keep that in mind and do not have the mindset that because you are in retirement, you can no longer give. That would be a serious mistake to give into fear and think that in retirement, your giving becomes less important. First Timothy 6.18 says, tell them, talking about those who are rich, and you and I are part of those who are rich. If you live in America, you're part of those who are rich compared to the, compared to the world. First Timothy 6.18 says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Is that your position? So as you plan for retirement, as you are already in retirement, you should integrate the giving aspects to see how you can optimize your giving. So you have freedom to give even when you no longer depend on an income, even when you retire. Matthew 6.21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there also 
your heart will be. If your treasure is invested in eternity, if your treasure is invested in kingdom business, in kingdom matters, that's where your heart will be. Your heart will follow where your money is. So if you are a child of God and you want your heart to grow more and more in love with God and the things of God, invest and give even in your season of retirement. So folks, you can do it. It's in your hands. We'll support you. So take courage and do it. I know you can do it. If you need help with any of this, reach out bold at thrive1110.com or go to thrive1110.ca and send a message from there. You have been listening to Thrive 1110. I'm Bold Kere, your host, and I'll be in, I'll be there for you again for a new episode next week, same time on CHRI. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.